This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing from iHeartRadio. You may know the name Amanda Klutz from the daily social media dispatches she released while her husband, Nick Cordero, Broadway star and Tony nominee, battled COVID in early 2020 a fight he sadly lost in July of that year. But she did not take these events lying down or spend her time idly after his passing. Amanda Klutz is a woman of boundless positivity and innumerable talents. She's a dancer, fitness entrepreneur, and television co-host of The Talk on CBS. Klutz was also a contestant on Dancing with the Stars, and she's the author of Live Your Life, my story of loving and losing Nick Cordero. All of this on top of being a single mom to her young son, Elvis. To put it frankly, Amanda Klutz is a force. I wanted to know how this Broadway veteran and longtime New York resident made her transition to sunny Los Angeles. I had spent some time out here. I had done the national tour of 42nd Street out here. I had done the national tour of Young Frankenstein through um, Los Angeles. I had done two productions at the Hollywood Bowl. So I had spent some summer uh, weeks over in the summer here. So, and ironically, had always wanted to live in LA. And then, you know, uh, the weather, the the lifestyle, but always just seemed like, you know, one day I think I'd love to live in Los Angeles. But then when I got pregnant and we were living in New York and my fitness business was thriving in New York and Nick was unemployed, he could not get a job to save his life. So our income relied on my fitness business as I was pregnant and then my mom and dad lived across the hall from us and my no. sisters yes and my sisters were down the street so in the city in the city what were your parents doing in the city? Because you were pregnant, they came to stay with you? Yeah, and my sister had a baby too. You know, they're retired and they wanted to be close to their 
daughters and their new grandchildren. And you know, from being a parent, like you need help. And so I was like, Nick, I don't think this is the right time to move. You know, you're unemployed. All of our income is here. Everybody you know that could possibly give you a job is here. You don't know anybody in LA. But he was so insistent on wanting to do music and needing to be in Los Angeles for music. And so it got to the point where, you know, we kept fighting about it. And I knew because I know my husband, I was like, if I don't let him do this, you know, we got to try. We can always go back to New York. New York is always here. You know, New Mm -hmm. York never changes. And so I thought, you know, okay, we just we give it a shot. And I was hoping it, you know, wouldn't work out and we would move back to New York. (laughs) Why? Why? That's interesting. I thought you said you wanted to be there. I know. But just with a, with a child and being close to family, I just was thinking, you know, I, I just hope that we go out to L.A., figure out that it's not the right time at the moment and we get to come back to New York. Now, had your parents relocated there permanently? Um, pretty much not. They didn't sell their home in Ohio, but they had rented for a year an apartment and then were going to renew their lease. Nick and I found our apartment in a building that used to be a, a women's dormitory and they were converting it into apartments. So we found this apartment and the landlord had no idea what he had. But, you know, I've been in, I was a New Yorker for 18 years at that point, And I was like, Nick, we're getting this apartment right now. And the one across the hall was also being renovated. And I was like, and my mom and dad, they're getting that apartment. They don't know it, but they're getting that apartment. And it was so dirt cheap. You would not even believe for a two bedroom, two bath on 65th and Central Park West. And so my parents luckily were able to rent out the place across the hall from us. So that's where we were. Where are your parents now? They're back in Ohio. They went home. Well, when COVID happened, they know they went, they went home. home. Yeah. They got out of their lease and, and drove back to Ohio. But you were a visitor there. You were a visitor in LA. Yeah. You know, I visited, then I went out there for uh, like a pilot season in the 80s. And then I lived out there. I had an address out there for 30 years. And I lived out there, and I was one of the great L.A. haters of all time. I mean, I hated L.A. because I hated driving. Yeah. You know, in New York, you walk, you uh, taxi, no Uber back then, but, you know, take the subway, obviously. Everybody took the subway. And uh, I didn't like to drive. You know, I hated to drive. And I've made peace with L.A. I don't hate it anymore. But it's <laughs> uh, when you're there, it's a quick commute to the studio. Oh, it's the best. That's critical. Yeah, It's critical. And I didn't even realize how critical that was. I, I mean, honestly, this job at, at the talk, I feel like was just, a, you know, a gift, such a blessing. I mean, I I can take my son to school and then I go to my job. I get to talk to really fun people and be in a great community every day. And then I, you know, am home in the afternoon for my son after he gets home from school. I mean, it's, it's I, exactly. It's laughable. I when he comes home, my, he wants to talk. Yeah, when he comes yeah, home, he wants to talk. And I'm like, that's all I've done today. I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah, I don't want to talk. Tell me how was your day. Yeah. Elvis, what's going on, baby? What happened? How's preschool? Tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me all about it. When you get this job, you hadn't done anything like this before, correct? No, not really. I mean— Whose idea was it? The casting director at the talk reached out to my friend who contacted me, and I said, I'll hand them over to my manager at the time. And and then they 
came back and said, we're going to test her for 10 episodes. And, you know, at the time they were looking for Marie Osmond's replacement. And so it came out of nowhere. It literally came out of nowhere. Now I had, I had done some hosting stuff. I was a dessert critic for six years of my life in New York City. And I had filmed some pilots for hosting dessert shows with Food Network. A dessert critic? Yeah. Yeah. So you did, like stick your spoon into a lot of uh, key lime pies and such and go, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. You're kidding me. No. I was sent wow. desserts. I was sent to restaurants all over the world and reviewed I desserts. I could do that job. I, it's a, it was a good job. It was not a bad job. And I balanced it out with teaching fitness and being on Broadway. So it was, you know, I, you know, joked that I would have my cake and eat it too. And I was, you know, yeah. all good. So you, you've done some hosting. Yeah. But I mean, don't you think, Alec, when you do, I mean, I did Broadway for 17 years. I mean, when you do that, it kind of prepares you for anything in life in a way. I mean, you get to a point where, you know, you're at an audition. Can you do this? And you just say yes. You know, you're like, yes, because you realize you got to learn on the spot. You got to say yes in order to get a job and you just got to learn and teach yourself as you go. So, I mean, when the talk reached out, I was, I was super excited and nervous, but also kind of like, you know, I, I had done morning shows. I had done talk shows. I had mm -hmm. done talk shows for Broadway for my fitness business. So it wasn't like... You had it. Yeah. And I had worked with, because of Broadway, I had worked with a lot of celebrities, celebrity directors. You know, it wasn't necessarily something that was very foreign to me. You know, it mm -hmm. didn't feel like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is, you know, it just felt kind of like a new home. They were auditioning a lot of people. I know like mm -hmm. Rumor Willis was another um, person that they were looking closely at. And, you know, she looks nothing like me. So I, I didn't know what right. they wanted. And right. Elaine Welterroth, who who eventually got the job as well, they were auditioning her a lot too. And she's a, a beautiful black woman. So I was really unsure. And, and I, I shocked when I got the job. I really you was. Were. Yeah. You did the 10 episodes. I did. And how'd they go? Well, I ended up doing 15. So I felt like they did great. They had that many doubts about you. <laughs> they made you do. Oh, we need another five, Bob. I'm not so sure. She really can't talk very well. It's called the talk, by the way. But she can't talk. No, but you know, I mean, you just, you never feel like you can be certain that you got the job until you get the call that you got the job. And it was so funny because I'm not used to this TV world. And so when my manager and lawyer called me, and they downplayed it at first. And then they told me that I got the job. And I, of course, was super excited. And then afterwards, I ended up calling Zach Braff. And he goes, Amanda, just a heads up. In Hollywood, if your lawyer and your manager calls you, it's always a good sign. I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know yeah. that. He was like, you always yeah. want your lawyer on the phone. He's like, that's a good sign. That's I was a like, deal. Okay. That's a deal. In the that's, a de <laughs> that's a deal. Amanda Klutz. If you enjoy conversations with vibrant talk show hosts, check out my episode with Rosie O'Donnell. So the club owner called me again, Richie, and said, come back. Why don't you come back? You were good that first night. And so I come back and I do Seinfeld's act almost verbatim. And I get off stage and Richie and a bunch of other comics are standing around and said, where'd you get that material? I said, uh, this guy named Jerry, who was on Merv Griffin yesterday. They go, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, why not? They go, you have to write your own jokes. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait. Streisand doesn't write her own songs. Did, did you do well? Did the audience like of it? Of course. And you were sitting there going, didn't you hear those yeah, people? Yeah, they were laughing. They're a, loving me. A joke's a joke. <laughs> I don't have to write the jokes. What are you nuts? Barbara Streisand. Harold to hear more of my conversation 
with the versatile Rosie O'Donnell, go to heresthething.org. After the break, Amanda Klutz reveals the musical theater role from her days in Ohio that sealed her fate. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, The CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Amanda Klutz, best-selling author and fitness entrepreneur, landed a hosting gig on CBS's The Talk in January 2021. We spoke about the enormous amount of prep work that goes into making a daily television show. 
The day breaks down. We start with an 8.30 a.m. Zoom with the cast and our producers. They kind of run through, you know, we talk about topics before we get into the interviews of the celebrities. So we run through those topics. And as soon as that ends, then we are on calls pretty much until we walk out on set with other producers about the guest we have on, what they're promoting, what we're talking about. And we're on meetings up until, so I'm getting hair and makeup done, but I'm on meetings up until I walk out on stage. So you feel very, very prepared. Now, the night before, your inbox is flooded with emails and links to the screeners. If there is somebody that's promoting a book, we got that book last week. So it's, you know, it's up to you to do your due diligence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the good thing I will say about the talk is that it's fun that there's five of us because it does take the pressure off of feeling like you have to know everything or you have to prepare everything. It, It's nice to be able to bounce off of each other like a real conversation would if you were sitting at home with a group of friends. So that does help. But the more you're educated, obviously, the better. For you, does Amanda Klutz come to Hollywood to do the talk show and someone else is deciding how you wear your hair, what clothes you wear, how much makeup you wear? Is there a lot of uh, hands-on there or you're on your own? No, I have a whole team, which is, thank God, and they're doing everything for me while I'm on these producer calls. But, I mean, I definitely have say in what I wear and what I look like, yeah. No one's holding up something (laughs) with some little Bo Peep costume and and you're going, no! No. (laughs) I'm walking. (laughs) Unless they are, and then I go, absolutely not. I'm not not wearing that today. What else do we got? Um, But it's interesting how, you know, when I first started, it was the last gasps of an old Hollywood. I remember doing the movie Hunt for Red October. We shot in 1989. And I was in a chair, and four men that were producers and execs from Paramount were standing there talking about what Clairol number... Beaver, I needed to have my the brown of my hair. Wow. Four men were sitting there smoking cigarettes. They all smoked back then in public, and they were like, I think it's 47, Frank. I'm gonna, I say we go with number 47. Beaver 47. <laughs> the other guy's like, I don't know, Jerry. 39 <laughs> looks right. I think we should go a shade lighter, 39. And I'm sitting in a chair going, I had no idea it was really like this. Oh, my I feel like God. I'm Clark Gable. You know I mean, they're right. all talking about, they're all getting all hot and bothered about my hair color. You know? I mean, I kind of love that, though. All my friends moved to L.A. in the 90s, some in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, like me, I started going out there in 83 for the first time when I was very, you know, very, very young. And uh, But eventually, all through the 80s and into the 90s, all my friends left New York. And all my friends are there. I got more friends in L.A. than I do in New York. Is that the same for you? Yeah, you know, well, I think COVID too, there was such an exodus of of people in New New York. York. But I think that was another reason I was really terrified about moving to LA, especially being a new mom and knowing that like life as like a a young couple isn't the same. I was really worried about what you hear. You know, you're lonely in LA. If you don't live by your friends, you never see them. People make plans. They, you know, everyone's fake and phony. And for some reason, Alec, I don't know why, I have found just like the best community here, especially the Laurel Canyon community, my neighbors, my friends here. I have a really, really wonderful group of people around me. Amanda, are you saying you're smoking a lot of pot and making paella every (laughs) night? Is that what the Laurel Canyon thing is? Is that what you're saying? Do you know what? I wish I could tell you that. I don't smoke pot. I have tried. It doesn't, uh, it puts me right to sleep. So it's not something for me. But, you know, yeah, I have a little bubble here. (laughs) 
as he mm-hmm. said. And I do love the sunshine and my lemon trees. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. bought a vintage Bronco, so I'm yeah. fitting. I was going to ask you, what car are you driving? <laughs> Did you buy one of what I call the Kevin Bacon Broncos? I don't know. What's a Kevin Bacon Bronco? Kevin does a thing for Omaze for charity. When you give the money, you're registered in a raffle. You give the money to be in the raffle, and you get like this like super tricked out Bronco. Oh. With like, you know, Navajo blankets or the, or the fabric on the seat, all this craziness. And I call the guy who makes them. I find out who he is. Uh-huh. I call this number. He picks up the phone. I said, hi, uh, I, I'm Alec Baldwin. I see this thing with Kevin. He's like, yeah, yeah, we did that car. Yes, sir, we did that car. I said, man, that car is so really awesome. I said, now, do you make any more with this, like a one-off <laughs> with the charity thing with Kevin? Or are you making? He said, no, no, we have a production line, and we're doing the cars. I said, wow, that's amazing. Said, so what are they running for, these cars? If you're selling these cars, what are they running for? He was like, they're running about, uh, uh, on the low end, like 260 <laughs> and on the high end, about 300 325 And I literally, like this little child... Like looking at a toy in the window on Fifth Avenue, like I'm like I'm an FAO Schwartz. I'm like, do you mean two hundred and sixty five thousand dollars? He's like, yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what I mean. And I was like, yeah. oh wow, wow. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. want a Bronco that bad. You got a tricked out Bronco? Well, it it is not that expensive. <laughs> that's for sure. I found a guy in Long Beach that found one for me in Atlanta, and he 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 is making it tricked out for me, but not that tricked out. It's just tricked out so that I don't break down on the side of the road because I have no business owning a vintage car. I have no business owning any What season of the show are you in now? I'm in season two. So yes, I was going to say it's season two tricked out. (laughs) It's season two. You have a different car season five. (laughs) Season five, it's going to be like solid gold steering wheel, (laughs) diamonds. There's a season (laughs) five car for all of us. But you got a lot of good pals out there. Yeah, you know, I really do. Uh, And a great mix of people, you know, people in the business, people not in the business, people in the music business, lots of good people. I I have a great support system. If you don't mind my asking, so when Nick passed away, are his parents alive? Uh, His mother is. Uh, He lost his dad three years before. So his poor mom lost her husband and then lost her son. And her son. Yeah. How many other kids does she have? She has two other kids that live very close to her. So that's, thank God, Canada. And you're staying in touch with her, I assume. Yeah, Yeah, we have a family FaceTime every Sunday where we get on and, and we FaceTime. But, you know, they're in Hamilton, Canada, Ontario. So... It has. I haven't seen them since she left after he passed, but hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon. What are you falling in love with out there? What do you love? My favorite place in the entire world, the Hollywood Bowl. I could literally go there every single night, weather permitting, and sit and watch whatever they're doing, whether it's a movie, the orchestra, a concert. I love that place so much. I wish I had my own seat there that was like the Amanda Clute seat. That could seat. be arranged. Uh, that's season five, Alex. Season that's... five. <laughs> season five. You need your own box. <laughs> getting my Reserved own. Reserved for, for A Clutes. <laughs> I'm getting say. my own box season five. We're saying Done. it now. It's done. My own parking spot, too. Dodger Stadium and the Hollywood Bowl. We've got to get yeah. a box in both. There we go. That's, that's my favorite, though. I love that bowl because uh, I love that old Hollywood feeling. Like when you were telling your story of shooting that movie with the the directors and I mean I would I wish I could go back in time and be there I think that's why I love studio lots because you drive onto a studio lot and you immediately feel like you're in the 1950s or something I love it so I love the Hollywood Bowl it's my favorite what was it like for you you grew up in what town in Ohio 
Ohio, Canton, Ohio. Are you a football fan? Yeah, the the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Football Hall of Fame was five minutes down the street from where I grew up. And you grew up there? (laughs) Yeah, that's where I grew up. And I moved to New York at 18 years old. Why? Because what what was the theater thing for you as a child? You know, it wasn't really. I started dancing when I was 12, when I started going to a— yeah, musical, uh, an arts middle school. And then when I got into high school, I started doing musicals and I fell in love with singing and acting and being on stage. And I was Adelaide in my senior performance of Guys and Dolls. And that just sealed the deal for me. And I told my parents I got to, you know, go to school for musical theater and auditioned for a school in New York called AMDA, American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and got in. And I convinced them, I don't know how, to drop me off in New York City at 18 years old and let me go to school to be on Broadway. Why do you think they did that? (laughs) I don't know. Did they just believe in you? I definitely fought for it. That's for sure. I mean, when I want something, I'll fight for it. But, um, you know, I was... I was one of five kids. I have a younger sister. So I was basically the baby for a while. I think by the time they had already put three people through college, you know, normal four-year colleges, I think by the time I was begging and pleading to go to New York and be on Broadway, they, they kind of just were, they were tired. They, they were, were tired. tired. They were tired of you. <laughs> they were like tired. down the hallway, it's like that movie Little Voice. Down the hallway, they could hear you going, I was born in a trunk in the Plymouth <laughs> Theater. In Pocatello, Idaho. But seriously, I I think about that now. And I think about like Elvis coming up to me and going, Mom, I want to move to New York and be on Broadway. And at the, you know, I also said, be a Radio City Rockette. And, you know, I I would look at him like, no, no, you don't. (laughs) No, you don't. Is it weird how we do that? I said to my kids, they were like, I want to be an actor. I'm like, man. (laughs) No. We got to have a few drinks. I know you're only five, but we need to have a few drinks. <laughs> Maybe even break out a package of Camel Lights, <laughs> puff a couple cigs, have a couple cocktails, and we're going to talk it over. Now, you get to New York, and you became a Rockette how quickly? Well, I first did the national tour of 42nd Street. That was my job I got two days before I graduated school. So my parents luckily how? were like— how. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, this is is a pretty good story. The Broadway show was revived, and it was a huge hit. It won the Tony. Jerry uh, Orbach? Well, Jerry Orbach did the original. This was 2000. Okay. Yeah. 2000, I think it was on Broadway. 2002 was when I graduated. And it was a massive hit. I saw it front row because at the time there were student tickets. I saw it 12 times in the front row. And of course, just, you know, every time with my eyes open and my jaw dropped and saying, I want to do this. And I auditioned and I got cut and I auditioned and I got cut. And the third audition You know, luckily with dance auditions, especially once you know the combo, you get cut, but you know what they're, you know what that combination is going to be the next time you come in. So by the third time I went in, I knew what I had to do. And I rehearsed myself every single night leading up to that audition in my bathroom with my tap shoes on. (laughs) You betcha. I rehearsed myself that combination in my small little bathroom and so by the time I walked into that audition, my third time's the charm, I nailed the tap audition. And then luckily, you know, this was for the first national tour of a CETA contract where they basically were paying us next to nothing, but it was still equity. So I got my equity card. And so I, I got the job. I was getting paid next to nothing because it was a CETA D contract, but it was equity. I got my equity card and I was on tour at 20 uh, years old. Amanda Klutz. If you're enjoying this conversation, tell a friend and be sure to follow Here's the Thing 
on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we come back, Amanda Klutz shares with us the challenges and surprising silver linings of being a single parent. Mother's Day is coming, and Mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Before Amanda Klutz was a Broadway dancer, she was a Radio City Rockette. The world's most iconic precision dance company made a big impression upon her at a young age. We took a lot of family trips to New York as kids. And one of the times that we went to New York, the Rockettes were doing their Easter show, which this is taking us back to like 1996, right? He took us to the Easter show. And the minute that curtain went up and I saw them, you know, live, because I had watched the Rockettes every Thanksgiving morning on, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, I was like, this is what I want to do. But you also have to realize I'm 5'10 and I was a dancer. So, you know, I looked at, 
them on TV and I identified with them. I was like, I could do that. I could be her. She was I like could... driving a bucket of golf balls for you. Yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> well, it was, again, it was a hard audition. I, yes. I auditioned twice before I got the job again. I'm a third time's kind of charm kind of girl, I guess. But I mean, it was, there's nothing like being a Radio City Rockette at Radio City Music Hall really? performing that Christmas show. I mean, it's cool. It was, you know, my whole family was there opening night and that's just iconic, you know? Not too many people can say that they were a Radio City Rockette. Well, there's when I, w- I would do shows on Broadway, and I remember I when I would, there were not all of them, certainly, and certainly not every performance, but there were times I would get so emotional. Yeah. We'd take yes. the curtain call, and I thought I was going to burst out crying. Yeah. And I thought, I how many more of these do I have left? <laughs> like, yeah. this, show's, this show's not going to run forever. Yeah. I did shows where... I had a limited run. I'd be like, you know, all in after like 20 weeks or whatever, or 25 yeah. weeks. And I would, and I just, I just, the tradition, the glory. When I did my last performance, I did Streetcar Named Desire in 1992, and we did the last show. I was sobbing. I mean, yeah. I, was, I went in my room, I just sobbed. I said, I'm never going to play this guy again. I'm already too old to play him. I was 34. Brando was 24. You know, and I thought to myself, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I'll never play this again. And I thought, God, this has been the opportunity of a lifetime. It's crazy, right? Why do you think Broadway hits like nothing else? And yet, like the thought of going back and doing a Broadway show, I'm like, no, 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 I can't. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, a part no. of I don't know. I think I think about no. eight shows a week and I think about missing dinners and missing holidays and I'm like I and I'm like I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I did that. That, that Amanda I mean, Klutz, you owe everything to Broadway. I know. You I, owe it all to Broadway. I know. And you're out there like all you're like you're like Brando now. <laughs> Brando owed it all to Broadway. Then he got up there on Mulholland Drive. You be careful, or you're going to be 300 pounds <laughs> in a muumu <laughs> on the phone with your lawyer all day. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know. That's what I'm saying. I look at my Broadway years and I want, I do the same thing. I want to cry at some of those memories and the people and I love it and I miss it. Yet the thought of going back and doing it is like, I don't know if I could. I'm doing a show on Broadway in September. You are. Congratulations. Yeah. Social media is how I was first introduced to you because obviously what happened with your husband. And uh, I, I was just, I mean, like like countless millions of people around the world. Everybody was very just shattered by all that and how prolonged it was and so forth. But social media has is a big uh, arrow in your quiver, correct? I mean, you're you're very active on social media in terms of your yeah. promotions. Yeah, I am. You know, it started with running a fitness company over Instagram. Sure. You know, that's how I I started using. How social media. How many followers media. you have now on Instagram? I have um, 700 and some thousand. But you know, I mean, that's how I, I was running my fitness company. I mean, it's free marketing. Sometimes I, I, I can't believe that Instagram exists in that way. I mean, I was running a whole company without having to spend a dime on marketing. And so, yes, I, I do. I owe a lot to that platform. And then, you know, with Nick, I mean, the community and the, the support that I received, the medical advice, the advice on Elvis and everything. I mean, right. it, it, the help, it was crazy. And That's what and, I was going to ask you as a, as a single mom. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, people look at you and they say, here's this gorgeous, talented you know, many things. And some people look at you and go, and she's a single mom. That's a big identifier for you, like what you endured and now you have your son. What have been some of the special things you've had to adapt to for that in terms of raising your child? And what's, I don't want to say advice, but what are some observations you have for other single moms who are working moms like you? 
You know, I think one of the, because I love to find a, a blessing or a silver lining in everything because, you know, obviously I didn't ever expect to be a single mom or raise Elvis on my own. But, you know, the bond that Elvis and I have, it is, it's crazy. It's really crazy. I mean, we are so tight. We're we're best friends. And he, I think, because— He's a gorgeous he's, kid. Thank you. He's the particle collider of the two of you. It's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, he is. He looks like the two of you. Yeah, he does. He really, really does. He's a he's a good mega mix. But, you know, he he's a really chill kid. And I think it's because in our house, it's just him and I. And I play music a lot in the house. And, you know, there's there's no other— I am the voice of reason. I am the boss. I am, you know, he plays well by himself. He's very independent because he recognizes when I'm doing something that he goes and does something else. He's, I think, an old soul because of a lot of this. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, I've pretty much been a single mom since Nick went into the hospital. So he was 10 months Mm -hmm. old. And, um, you know, we just communicate really well together. It's very beautiful. It's sad, obviously. I wish Nick was here. And and there's times where I I long to look over and him and see him playing with his dad and what that would look like and what they'd be doing. And, you know, I think for single moms, uh, another single mom said this to me, and and I'll never forget it because it's sometimes hard to put into words how you feel sometimes. And it, it, no one sees the times that you're just struggling. Whereas when your partner is there, they see the struggle and they go, honey, I got it. Take a minute. Go shower. I got Elvis. Go breathe. Take a second. I got it. And when you're a single mom, nobody's there to help you with those situations. And so nobody sees it. And it's really tough because sometimes you just are like, I wish I could take a shower without a toddler opening up the shower curtain every two seconds and dumping his toys in the bath. Or, you know, I mean, or just like you're trying to get out of the house and, you know, something spills and there's nobody there to help you. I have six kids. Yeah. I mean. That are eight and under. So I don't do anything I want to do, but I dream about it. (laughs) Now, two two quick things. I assume that Dancing with the Stars is a different animal. Here you are a professional dancer, and you're a rockette, and you've been dancing your whole life, and then you're on Broadway. And then I thought to myself, well, is Dancing with the Stars like the difference between Olympic wrestling and professional wrestling? Is it dancing uh, that you were used to, or what adjustments did you have to make to do that show? Yeah, here's the best analogy I've discovered in how to to understand this. So— Alec Baldwin, you are a NFL quarterback, all right? You're really good at it. You know what you're doing. But on Sunday, they hand you a golf ball and a club, and they say, you are going to go up against Tiger Woods next Sunday. You have to be ready. We're going to give you the outfit. We're going to give you the course, and you have to you have to go, and you play a whole, a whole game. The whole world's going to judge you, and everyone's going to vote on how well you did. All right, ready? Great, go. And then you're like, I have a week? And you're like, yes. And then on that Sunday, they hand you a basketball, and they go, okay, great. Now, next Sunday, you're going to be playing an NBA game against LeBron James. Here's your uniform, and here's the basketball. You have a week to learn how to be an NBA player. And you're like, no, 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 I don't play basketball. But yeah, you play football. Yeah, 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 but I don't play basketball. This is a whole different set of skills. It doesn't matter. Let's go. You have a week to learn Are you referring to the style of dancing that you're asked to do? yeah. And just how how I can be a dancer and I can be a Broadway dancer, but they put ballroom shoes on you and tell you to tango. It's not the same yeah, thing. Got it, got it. It, so that that's the best way to describe it. And, got you know, it. some people 
will be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, okay, but really try to put yourself in those shoes. And and then you try to, un- and then you can sort of understand. Well, when I look at you and I've seen you online, when you turned up on that show, I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. I said, that's perfect because those shows, you need to have some positivity, warmth. I thought to myself, my God, you're so buoyant. You went through this thing, and the world watched you go through this thing, and you shared what you wanted to share. This is my opinion, my observation, and you didn't share what you didn't want to share. And I guess, I I mean, your your buoyancy, your positivity is one of your calling cards, and people really admire how you've come out of this, and you want to live, you want to keep living. What do you want Elvis to know most about Nick? Mm. You know... I think, you know, Nick had so many different colors to him. And I hope that he'll learn all about those colors. I I was listening to a podcast, and um, the guy that was being interviewed, he said that he lost his mom at age one. And so then my ears immediately peaked up because Elvis was one. And he said the interesting thing about when you lose a parent at such a young age is that Every time somebody tells you a story about your mom or your dad for Elvis, that's how you learn about the person. He said, so I've come to put together the image of my mother just by based on all these stories from all the different people in her life. And I was like hit by a ton of bricks because I was like, wow, that will be Elvis one day. He'll learn about his dad through stories from me, through stories from his grandma, stories from his friends. And, you know, I can't tell the same stories that his best buddy from Toronto is going to tell him. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm going to have completely different stories. And I just, my greatest hope is that he learns all of those stories because that truly was Nick. He was such a kaleidoscope of talent and people and personality and charisma. It just, he, he, you couldn't pin him down. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what made him so talented and loved by so many mm-hmm. people. You know, he was a rock star and then he was also, you know, fucking awesome, you know, actor on Broadway or on Law and mm-hmm. Order or Blue Bloods or, you know, all the mm-hmm. things he did. I want him to know all those people. And, you know, of course, my biggest fear is that by the time he gets to eight, I'm going to forget things, you know, like you, f- you worry that you forget, you know, or what you will forget. Well, I sympathize because I had so many kids late in life and so much of my career was behind me. And my greatest fear is like, I'm going to be in a wheelchair. And my people are going to be like, yeah, this is my dad. I'm going to be like drooling on myself with a blanket. They're going to be like, this is my dad. He played Trump on TV. He was Trump. (laughs) That's all they're going to remember. Let me just tell you something. I'm a fan. I watched you go through what you went through. I thought, here's this woman who's struggling with this really painful situation. And I am so inspired by you. Oh, thank you, Alex. It seems to me that there are other communities that respond in kind, but there are a few, though, like the Broadway theater community in terms of rallying around their kindred spirits. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you were really just enveloped in a lot of care when that was all happening, correct? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think that I even realized how amazing the Broadway community was until that happened. And it was like this instant, you know— family. It even shows that Nick and I weren't even a part of, you know, reached out to me to try to help. And then the shows that you are a part of, you know, and you know, like they really do become family members. 
like just were went above and beyond. I mean, still to this day are going above and beyond to help me and Elvis if we ever need anything. I mean, it's so special. You know, I've had people who I'm very close with who passed away. And my dad died when I was 25, and I was very close to my dad. And I, my friend said to me, he said, remember, he goes, life is for the living. you got to keep going. And I admire you. I admire you for how you've carried on and pressed on and kept going. Thank you so much. Amanda Klutz. This episode was produced by Kathleen Russo, Zach McNeese, and Maureen Hoban. Our engineer is Frank Imperial. I'm Alec Baldwin. Here's The Thing is brought to you by iHeart. Radio. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, guys. You know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.